And just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott D. Clary. The Success Story podcast is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. The HubSpot Podcast Network has incredible podcasts like the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. The podcast is hosted by Jeff Brunsbach and Jay Nathan. Now, Gain, Grow, and Retain is built to inspire SaaS and technology leaders who are facing the day-to-day challenges of scaling. Hosts Jeff and Jay share conversations about growing and scaling subscription businesses with a customer-first approach. If any of these topics sound interesting to you, you're gonna like the podcast. Creating more brand advocates, SaaS as a predominant model for business, customer success at scale, or the challenges of integrating new tools with CSM. Some of these topics pique your interest. You're going to love the podcast. You're going to love Gain, Grow, Retain. Go check it out wherever you get your podcast. Remember, Gain, Grow, Retain on the HubSpot Podcast Network. Hey, everyone. Just take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Longshot Leaders. It's a podcast that reached out to me that I just started listening to because I absolutely love them. It's hosted by my good friend, Michael Stein. It's edgy. It's different. He interviews absolutely everyone under the sun and speaks through their journey, unpacks the biggest obstacles they've had to overcome to find success in whatever it is they've done in their life. So he interviews Academy Award winners, ex-cons, Holocaust survivors, sports heroes, you name it, he interviews them. And he himself also has a really interesting background. So Michael Stein's a host. He's an entrepreneur, writer, actor, filmmaker. He's also a stand-up comedian. So he kind of puts that all into the interview. And then he gets into the how, the why, the secrets of why people do what they do. It's really cool. I actually love the show. He reached out to sponsor, but I don't take any sponsorships, especially for podcasts, unless I actually like them and listen to them myself. So I listen to it. Highly recommend you check it out. That is Long Shot Leaders with Michael Stein. Today, my guest is Philip Stutz. Now, Philip is a best-selling author. He comes from the cutthroat world of political and corporate marketing. He has been described as a marketing maverick, reshaping business success using the secret formula that gets presidents elected. He has contributed to 1,407 election victories, including three U.S. presidential victories and working with multiple Fortune 200 companies Philip plays the game of political and corporate marketing on the highest level, battling it out with fierce competition, multi-billion dollar budgets, and a win-or-die mentality. He's the founder and CEO of Win Big Media. They are a corporate marketing agency. He's the founder and executive chairman of Go Big Media, a political marketing ad firm. He has spoken in front of 50 million-plus people over his career. He's repped by Vayner Speakers, Gary Vaynerchuk Speaking Bureau, and Kepler Speakers, the largest speakers bureau in the United States. He has been on more than 350 and has made more than 350 national media appearances, including ESPN, CBS, Fox Business, Fox News, MSNBC, and CNN. He has also been interviewed by renowned business, entertainment, and health leaders, including Anderson Cooper, Gary Vaynerchuk, Peter Diamandis, James Altschuler, Michael Hyatt, Adam Carolla, Dr. Drew Pinsky, Dr. Stephen Gundry, and many more, and now myself. He's written multiple bestsellers, including his latest book titled The Undefeated Marketing System, How to Grow Your Business and Build Your Audience Using the Secret Formula that Elects Presidents, which hit top 65 out of 6 million titles on Amazon. So what did we speak about? Well, firstly, we spoke about the origin story of Philip Stutz. 
uh, and how he always has the best possible strategies on every platform, be it in the political arena or in the corporate marketing arena. We spoke about the best ways to test marketing strategies, as well as some lessons that he's learned from testing political marketing strategies. Uh, we spoke about how he decides what to focus his energy on while being hugely successful. How does he build a brand? How does he still run two simultaneous agencies, one helping presidents win elections, one helping CEOs and Fortune 200s reach their target customers? We spoke about some things that he's learned uh, from his time uh, in political marketing and how those lessons can apply to consumer marketing that maybe the average marketer isn't aware of. Uh, we also spoke about comparatizing. What does that mean? He wrote an entire book about it. And then lastly, as a marketing agency owner, we spoke about why a marketing agency's only job should be to work themselves out of a job. And what does that mean in terms of a business owner or even a political candidate looking for a marketing agency to work with. So let's jump right into it. This is Philip Stutz. He is the founder and CEO of Win Big Media and Go Big Media. Oh man, so I grew up in Alabama and um, I was the first generation, Scott, of ADD kids, right? Um, I'm 47 now. And so in the 1980s, I was diagnosed with ADD. There, there wasn't ADHD. The H hadn't come out yet. So this is how early it is. And I was put on Ritalin and, um, you know, like a lot of good entrepreneurs, I have ADD. And, but ultimately, um, I only really cared about two things in life and really I couldn't ultimately pursue a career unless it was in one of those two things. And one was the college football. So for your Canadian audience, that may not resonate, but okay, the most of them are American and I can't stand Canadian football anyway. So I'm an American. Well, it's just football, football right? It's college football, yeah, right? It's but, um, but I'm five, nine, 150 pounds. So that was never <laughs> going to be part of my future. Uh, but I also was constant. I was fascinated by political campaigns, uh, how people got elected. No, I didn't give two shits about tax policy or you know environmental policy i was fascinated by how a politician ran a campaign to win and get into office and i was like high school fascinated um and so when i got out of college i did an internship uh on a presidential campaign and i just i i got addicted to it it's like it, working on political campaigns is one of the most addictive things you can ever do in your life because you're working 24 7 you're Pop, you know, passionately pursuing uh, something that you think will benefit society. Uh, it's pretty purpose driven, obviously. And so, you know, that was sort of what I said, well, I'm an ADD kid. I got to put stuff in. I got to put my time into something I'm really passionate about. And that's how I found it. You know, I went on to work on at this point, as of November of 2021, we I've been a part of 1,433 American election victories. Um, three presidential wins. Um, and then uh, about five years ago, I just, you know, I had one of those. How old are you, Scott? I'm, I'm 31. So I'm young. Oh, man, <laughs> you're, you're a young guy. So yes, sir. <laughs> this is a forewarning. So the, at, uh, at about 38 to 42, almost everybody, you know, uh, wakes up and goes, it's like they've been going up this roller coaster their whole life. And it's like, hey, sky's the limit. Look at the sky. And then all of a sudden, about 38 or 42, you kind of crest on top of that roller coaster. And then you start looking down and you go, oh, shit, that's all there is. Like, is this all there's going to be for the rest of my life? Because you, you kill it early and then you're trying to figure out what to do next, right? You, you, or you don't, or even worse, you don't kill it and you yeah, go, yeah. shit, I'm stuck in this place if I don't change, right? And a lot of men, I mean, this happens to women, happens to men, but a lot of men, uh, that I know, uh, cheated on their spouses in this period of time. They bought motorcycles. Um, I just decided I was going to go start businesses. <laughs> That's my midlife <laughs> crisis. So I started a political ad agency in 2015. Uh, we've grown that from, uh, I, you know, invested, I put a hundred grand in my money. We've now, we're now at 60 million in revenue. Um, and then about two years later, I went, well, that was so fun. Why don't I go start a corporate marketing agency? And the ignorance of an entrepreneur is, is a beautiful thing and also a massive headache because nothing's easy, right? When you start 
you think it is, you think this idea is going to be so easy, but uh, we've, we've now run this corporate marketing agency applying the political principles behind getting presidents elected into corporate clients. We work with Fortune 200 companies, we work with startups, we work with small businesses, and we're, it's rooted in sort of the, you know, my manifesto is the book uh, called The Undefeated Marketing System, How to Grow Your Business and Build Your Audience Using the Secret Formula that Elects Presidents. And it lays out sort of, I, I had this theory that applying political, a political marketing system to cor corporations would grow their, their business. And just because I had a theory didn't mean it was true. I had to go out and prove it. And so I spent years working with businesses. Um, and, you know, I found this niche in the marketplace, Scott, which is almost every business owner I've talked to in the last 10 years has said one thing. They have fired multiple marketing agencies in the lifespan of their business, that they're over-promised, under-deliver. They don't look out for the business. They, they're all making money. They throw them into some, it's like throwing them into buying a hot stock and then the stock tanks like, oh, put all your money into this platform and this platform and when they didn't work and no one can figure out anything. And then ultimately they go, my God, I'm locked into an eight month contract with these guys. I can't get out of it. And it's just a, a clusterfuck. And I just went, I'm going to change the rules of marketing. I'm going to create two things that are going to, that are the biggest sort of vulnerabilities in the marketplace. One, I'm going to create a marketing company that, that plays money ball and doesn't sit around and arbitrarily choose what marketing tactics should be used. We're going to use real data and we're going to guarantee success for our clients. And then the second thing is when you work with us, well, there are no long-term contracts. We're month to month on every single contract we've ever signed for me, 26 years, never had any contract that went month to month. Um, and so, because you can fire me at any time if I'm not producing. So because of that, we play money ball with our marketing. And what do I mean by that? So I'm going on a tangent. Do you want to, no, no, it's good. No, 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 it's good. I, I, I so, think it all, it's all the story, the story's making sense. And I think it's why you're so successful, but I, I am curious when you're playing money ball with marketing, when you have so many, uh, like you have so many factors that impact marketing, including things that are not uh, uncontrollable, right? doesn't matter how data-driven you are, especially correct. when you clients. But how quickly you pivot in those moments is the key yeah, to the yeah. whole thing. And if you okay, play Moneyball, you know those moments are coming and you pivot out immediately. So what do I mean by that? So what did I do? I, I went out and made a bet. Uh, like all good entrepreneurs, I made a bet on me. But the bet was this. I partnered with the largest data collection and analytics and AI company in America. And in our database, we have 240 million American consumers, 550 million connected devices. We're tracking 10 billion online purchasing decisions every day and a trillion searches. And so I can literally tell you everything you've ever wanted to know about your customer or client because I can IP target them and, and find out what they're searching for, what they're buying. I can tell you their top three values in life. I can tell you their social media platforms they're on in a chronological order. Wouldn't that be nice if you were looking to understand your customer or client base? before you go and spend a bunch of money on a social media platform, if all of a sudden you knew, I know exactly where they are. And in order to, we started working with this data company. We were working with them on Fortune 200 clients. And that was the, the data report we would produce for these Fortune 200 companies, Scott. We would be, it would cost about $200,000, $250,000 for one report, right? So I went to the data company and I said, Small businesses, startups, everybody should be using this. These are the same reports that like Amazon and Disney and Hershey's and TurboTax and Altria and, and uh, DaVita Dow Systems. These are Fortune 200 companies all using this exact data base and, and using d these data analytics tools. And I said, I think, you know, small business and startups need this. And they said, okay, well, you pay us a licensing fee of a half a million dollars a year and you can have it and you can charge what you want. So I do. So I wrote that check, stroke that check, bet, bet everything on me on that because I wanted to be a, build a marketing firm that focused on data and analytics, not on good feelings and hot, hot trends. So let me tell you what I mean by that. I'll tell you a story. We work with a Shark Tank company and they do $20 million in revenue a year. And when they came to us, they said they were spending 85% of their marketing dollars on Facebook. And so we took their customer base, we overlaid it online with our data, and we found out that Facebook was the number five performing platform for this company. 
with their customers and their potential customers. Number five, the number one social media platform was Pinterest and they had never spent a dollar on Pinterest because women had gotten into the market, gotten back into the marketplace. They weren't going into an office and they needed to buy, this is an office chair company, sorry. And they wanted to buy office chairs for their home. And they were spending all of this money and doing okay, but they didn't realize that they could double their business if they just refocused their budget and allocated their budget based on where their customers were and what their customers wanted rather than them guessing. The problem was the, the marketing, or the, sorry, the, the company that hired us to, to do this, the Shirt Tank company, they had a marketing agency uh, that they had hired that only did Facebook ads. So tell me this, is that marketing agency ever going to tell the business owner that Facebook is the fourth or fifth performing platform? Obviously not. Right, (laughs) right. I'm screen agnostic. I'm platform agnostic. I find sometimes with clients that direct mail is more important than digital media. So where am I going to direct my clients? I'm going to direct them into where the data tells us to go. And then we optimize those, that performance every single day we work with them. So when the, when things happen, like you said earlier, which was a great point, when, when, uh, uh, something happens in the platforms or people get deep platform or trends change or things like that, we're on top of it immediately. And we can pivot them out of that because we're on top of that. We know what's going on. We know what their customers are doing. And so for us, that's like a little glimpse in how we look at it, but I just kind of wanted to Kind of lay that out. I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Shopify. And don't you love that sound? That's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. See, Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and offline sales activity, and effortlessly stay informed. You can not only sell your product, but you can reach customers online and across social media networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. You can gain insights as you grow and detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. Whatever you need to track, Shopify can track it for you. And remember, Shopify was built to liberate commerce for entrepreneurs and big businesses alike. Shopify is tirelessly reinventing tools of growth and scale for over 1.7 million businesses. So if 1.7 million businesses trust Shopify to help them organize their online and synchronize with their offline sales, you should be able to use it for your business as well. Connect with your customers, drive sales, manage your day-to-day, accept all major payment methods, and integrate with any third-party app you could possibly think of. If you want to try out Shopify right now, go to shopify.com slash success story. That's all lowercase for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash success story right now. Remember, success story is all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash success story. I love it. Um, it makes a lot of sense. And I'm just going to challenge you on one more point with with that. So when, you, when you're platform agnostic, logically, you go into the data and you figure out what works like it, it just makes a lot of sense. And I know a lot of marketing agencies don't do that because they have their specialists in each platform, right? And that's what they sort of push it towards. But the reason they do that is because it's hard to have the best practices across every platform. So how do you have that? You say you want to go into Pinterest. Do you just hire the best in every platform? Are you on TikTok, Pinterest, uh, YouTube yeah, ads, YouTube Facebook, ads, all, yeah, that. all that? Or Internal, is it, is, yeah. yeah, we have an internal team that, okay. that knows how to focus on those platforms. Now, if the client, like it's a Fortune 200 client and they want to, get you know they want to you know they want to spend a lot of money i'm talking about millions yeah then yeah i i come i have uh deals with almost you know a thousand different marketing agencies that specifically focus on certain platforms and we can partner with them on those but yeah that's how how we would look at you know like here's an example i'm talking about we worked with a um a background check company uh they're one of the top in 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 america and um, they came to us and they said, hey, we want you guys to do your, our marketing, but we've had this marketing agency for three years. We just got rid of them. We want you to look, you know, look at all of our data. They, 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 um, they work with like the big fast food chains because there's such a crazy labor turnover. They have to do yeah. background checks on these people. 
And so they said, uh, and we, one of the things we also do is we audit everything they've ever, they do in their entire marketing system to figure out what's working and what's not, like where their inefficiencies are. And one of the things we found with them was that Google had changed some rules on them about three years ago on how keywords and Google ads were, were running. And their marketing agency didn't know that the rules had changed and neither did the company's internal marketing team. And when we looked at them, we found out they were spending $15,000 a month to bid against their own keywords. They were bidding up, they were bidding on multiple keywords, but they were bidding against the, each other. And they didn't know that they were doing that. And they've been doing it for three years. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Wasted. Right. And so what I'm, what I focus on first is eliminating the dumb tax that businesses are paying in marketing by figuring out how the efficiencies work better. And then we go in and look at the data and figure out, first of all, what platforms you want to be on, should be on, how you should be allocating your budgets more efficiently, like a money ball approach. So I'm not saying you shouldn't spend money on Facebook if you're that, uh, that, that chair company I was telling you about. I'm saying how much of your allocation of your budget should it be, right? And then the last part is the messaging and the creative. You better, in a, you know, Forbes has this stat out right now. We are seeing up to 10,000 ads a day online and offline. 10,000 ads a day online and offline per day, each person. So are you breaking through the clutter with your ads? Or are you one of 10,000 that no one's paying attention to? And so you use the data to find out what is going to ring the bell of that customer. And then you make creative and messaging that makes them pop through the screen or the page or whatever it is to say, what is that? And they want to know more and they want to click through. And that's the key to the whole thing, man. Do you... Do you pull over any learnings from when you market? Like I know a very data-driven approach is probably very important, obviously, in political marketing. But are there any other key lessons that you found after years in political marketing that you can pull into consumer marketing, marketing B2B, B2C, that are like hyper-relevant that the average marketer may not think of? Well, so I have this five-step, we call it the undefeated marketing system, right? It's the name of the book too. But um, yes, so two things that really stand out for me. When the politician comes to me and says, hey, I want to run for the United States Senate in the state of Florida. The first thing I do is I say, hey, I sit down and say, what do you want to, let's just say, you know, she sits down and I say, what do you, what do you believe in? What do you want to run on? And inevitably, the egotistical politician will give you like 25 things, right? And you're like, all right, no one wants to hear 25 things, but I appreciate that. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and survey and it's, and by the way, much more complicated than this, but for the brevity of this uh, podcast, I'm going to go survey um, these customers, or sorry, these voters in the state. And I'm going to figure out of the 25 policy issues you think are the most important, I'm going to figure out for them what's the top one or two. The, the, when I say one or two, I mean, it will get you to election victory if you run on those two issues. Now, for the other 23 issues, probably not going to talk about it much. But for those one or two, that's all we're going to focus on. Because it's an alignment between the politician believes in and the voter. And we know that those issues are so important to that voter that they would vote for an unknown or even an unsavory candidate. And so the point I'm trying to make is I'm obsessed. I love the, the, the politician, but I'm obsessed with the voter. And the translation is, I love businesses and I love business owners. I'm one of them, but I'm obsessed with the customer or the client. Obsessed. I'm their advocate for that company that hires me. And that's how I look at it. And that's for me. I've always thought that. And I think that's what makes us a lot different than most marketing agencies. Um, the other, it sounds like most marketing agencies do what I'm about to say, but they do it wrong. And that is testing uh, messages. So all marketing agencies will tell you, Scott, they're like, hey, we test messages. Yeah, we, we test that. But they're typically making those up in a brainstorm session around a conference room table. Hey, let's say this. Let's say these 10 things. Let's go test it. I'm only pulling the messages out of the data. And then I'm going to test those to see which one rises. We already know the 10 messages from the data will work. But which one rises to the top? So let me give you an example. So... Um, please know the story I'm about. I want I got, I got a disclaimer. The, the disclaimer is this. I am not here to talk about left or right. 
I'm not here to talk about Democrats, or Republicans or woke cancel culture or Trump, like and Trump in the sense of campaigns and stuff like that. All right. But I'm going to use an example of what the Trump campaign did in 2020, uh, 2016. That was brilliant. They followed this undefeated marketing system because all politicians follow it. And when they got to the testing phase, they tested what they found in the data and they would, they would, they would test one message, 162 different ways. 162 different versions of one message. They'd have a green background, a red background. They'd have a man in the ad, a woman in the ad. They'd have different font sizes. They'd have fonts in the right corner, the left corner. They did 162 different versions. And ultimately, they knew the message would work. They just didn't know which, how to optimize that message the best. And so they went out and ultimately they found eight or nine messages that blew through the roof and they had no idea why. But... When, before they went out and spent a lot of money on their marketing dollars to win over voters, they now know these eight or nine different ad concepts are going to work and go blow through the roof. Instead of throwing all 162 up or using one of those ads that wouldn't have worked as best, they optimized based on data. They optimized, tested, and put it out there. So the difference in what translates is that we do testing based on what the data tells us, not arbitrary brainstorm sessions around a conference room table, which is what 99% of a lot of marketers do. So let's take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Truebill. So let me ask you a question. How often have you signed up for a free trial and then it converted into a paid subscription and you forgot to cancel it? Or how often have you just not been able to cancel something because the process to cancel that particular you know, monthly service is just horrible and painful and they make you jump through hoops? Truebill is solving this for you. Truebill is letting you fight back against scammy subscription services. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, you don't want, or you simply forgot about. On average, people save roughly $720 per year with Truebill. And it's honestly because companies make subscriptions difficult to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. You just link your accounts to Truebill and they cancel everything unwanted with a single click. And if something doesn't cancel automatically, they actually have a concierge service that will follow up and cancel it for you so that you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million active users and they saved people over $100 million. I used it myself. I saved about 578 bucks. But that's just because I spent so much time in the past having to go back and cancel. I'm sure if I knew about them two, three years ago, it could have saved me like thousands of dollars by now. So stop letting CEOs and bad businesses get rich off you being unable or just forgetting to cancel. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today with Truebill at truebill.com slash success story. Go right now, truebill.com slash success story. That's truebill.com slash S-U-C-C-E-S-S-S-T-O-R-Y. It could save you thousands a year. That's truebill.com slash success story. Take control of your subscriptions. And what's the easiest way to test? So uh, is it talking to customers, jumping on calls? Is it running different creatives on different platforms? What, what's your recommendation? Cr running creatives on different platforms. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the best. Low cost. Say. Yeah. The other part of this is in politics, not everybody's a self-funding candidate. Like people, most yeah, candidates yeah. start at zero. Yeah. And so we do low cost testing, usually motion graphic or banner, because if you're, if you click through a banner, that means that message is really going to work. <laughs> like nobody clicks through banners, right? It's, that's so, true. <laughs> yeah. So if, if you do low cost banner ads, that don't cost much money. You can do a lot of them really cheap. And you can ultimately find what messages are going to click through. Because, again, they're clicking through a banner. That message is going to resonate. And you know it. Um, one, of the, one of the themes in, in your book or one of the things that sort of I pulled out was uh, the, your, like your marketing agency you're working with should be working towards working themselves out of a job at some point. But what does that actually mean? Does that mean that you're actually trying to, when you work with companies, are you trying to eventually exit and let them run on their own? Or is it just that's the mindset you have to have. Yeah, it's a mindset. It's like, do you ever really think you're going to retire at 65? Like, you know, yeah. but, you know, the mindset is, hey, you know, you're working towards an exit, but it doesn't mean you're ever going to stop, right? So what I mean by that is your intention should be to create a loyal fan base, a loyal customer base. 
You should do so much for them and provide so much value and over and over and over again that they become so loyal to you that they won't work with anybody else and or buy products from anybody else. And like an example of that is Yeti. Um, you got them right there. Yeti freaking <laughs> coolers. People Oh, coolers, not the mic. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I got a Yeti mic right now. But uh, no, I don't. I, yeah, I have a blue mic. Um, but anyway, uh, Yeti coolers. People put their stupid logo on a hat and wear it proudly. They they put the bumper stickers on cars. I mean, I'm drinking out of a out of a Yeti right now. Like, I mean, people are obsessed with this company, right? Does it mean Yeti doesn't market anymore? No, but they they make so much damn money because of their loyal customer base. Like, here's another one. No one has ever gotten a, a, a tattoo on their arm of a Honda motorcycle, <laughs> but they have of a Harley, yeah. right? And shouldn't that be the aspirational way you look at your marketing? Like, that's my whole point. It's aspirational to what you're trying to achieve because you're going to say you're going to make 10 times more money if you have that kind of loyal customer base or client base. Another another point, um, comparatizing. What does that mean? Comparatizing going negative. Yeah. So I've never heard that term before. I I made up the term. I I made that word up. That's why I caused. I thought I was like, shit, I really missed like a marketing one on one definition there so i wrote i've written two books the first book was called fire them now right and i wrote a whole chapter in the book called um going negative on your on your competition and it's basically taking the concept of how in political campaigns we go negative on our on our uh, opponents mm-hmm. and then taking over to, uh, to to the corporate world but i screwed up <laughs> because no business owner likes the term going negative they're like oh that's uh that's gonna hurt my business i can't do something like that and i went oh i have a branding problem so i and it's not what i mean you know and i'm gonna define it in a second so i said well hold on how do i rebrand this because my intention and their perception are two different things and so i said well it's just comparative advertising you know what i'm gonna just coin the term comparatizing i got it right so it doesn't mean you take a sledgehammer to your competition and eliminate and piss off 50% of your market. That's what we do in politics. You know, all we have to do is get 51% of the market. We win the race, right? It doesn't matter. I can piss off 49%. It doesn't matter, right? You can't do that in the corporate world. You can't do that if you're running a company. But the most successful ads in the advertising world right now are comparatizing ads. There's no doubt. And you must do it. There's an art to it. <clears throat> you must do it in a way that draws distinction, pisses off no one, and drives complete loyalty to your product or service. And so it's my third book is going to be called Comparatizing <laughs> because we do this with all of our clients and the number one ads we ever run on for them are compared to like when I'm saying the number one performance ads are comparatizing ads. So let me give you an example of what that means. So we work with an apparel company and they're, um, they're a competitor to Lululemon. All right. So they shirts, tees, sweats, things like that. And I said, asked them who their competition was. They said, uh, it's these cheap knockoff companies. Like, I mean, that, that cheap knockoff, uh, t-shirts, sweats, tees company, like Nike, <clears throat> Under Armour, you know, they just can bottom the market out. They drive us nuts. Well, we, we, we looked at their data. So we ran what we call this customer insights report. And we found out that something like 82% of their customers hated cheap sportswear. That's why they were their customers. They liked high-end, expensive, comfortable sweats, tees, all that kind of stuff. And so I said, I have an enemy. Let's go. And so we built, we, we ran a bunch of ads for them, but the number one performing ad we ever ran in the history of their company among men was a comparatizing ad. And it said, don't buy your clothes from a shoe company. And then the tagline said, just don't do it. Got it? Just don't do it. That's funny. All right. That's good. So you're smiling, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, Are you, yeah. does, does this offend your sensibilities? It does not offend my sensibilities. No, it does not. <laughs> it's it's so, clever. It's clever. It's like a, aha. And, and like I'm not getting pe- I'm not getting people to 
no one buys because they saw that ad, but they're curious and they go, hold on, what is this? And they click on it and then they start that journey as a customer, right? And it was the number one performing ad we ever ran for them uh, among men. And that was because, first of all, it made you smile. Second of all, it drew a distinction because in their subconscious brain, they go, yeah, I don't like cheap clothes either. That's me. It speaks to me, right? So it draws a distinction. It sticks out in a land of 10,000 ads a day. And it draws loyalty because the loyalty, they go, yeah, that's me. I'm, I'm that too. I'm loyal to that. Um, we did a, we worked with a, um, uh, a food and supplement company, nine figure food and supplement company. And when we looked at their data, we found out that 62% of their market hated soda. This is what the data told us. Now, how would you know that? Like it makes sense, but how would you know that? We also found out that 50% of their customers, we're talking millions of customers, were vegan or veg- considered themselves vegan vegetarian. So we ran a lot of ads. We also ran a lot of ads on other da- things we found in the data. But the top two performing ads we ever ran for them were one, the vegan vegetarian ad. That made sense because half the market was vegan vegan vegetarian. But the number one ad we ever ran for them and the number one ad they ever had in the history of their company was a comparatizing ad. It was an anti-soda ad. And that particular ad performed 2x click-through rate better than the number two vegan vegetarian ad. Not the other ones that we tested. The, the number two ad. It was a 2x on click-through rates and a 20% higher conversion over the number two performing ad. Why? Because the customer hates soda and their marketplace doesn't like soda. And if you saw that ad and you love soda, you're not really their customer. So they didn't give two shits about that. And so they, people saw it and they go, yeah, I hate soda. I want healthier, you know, sport drink or a healthier drink, uh, protein drink. And then they click through the ad and then 20% higher than the, the second highest performing ad we ran. They, you know, we got conversions on. So I could go on and on for days, but we've done comparatizing. Now we, we tell every client that works with us, they are going to have to run some sort of comparatizing. They have to approve it, you know, but we don't want, we're never going to offend anybody. Um, but we know they work. And in a land of 10,000 ads a day, you know, you got to break through the clutter and comparatizing is the number one uh, tactic to do it. I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Ladder. Now, over the past two years and a bit, I'm sure we've all realized that how precious and fragile life can be. And the last thing that you want to be worried about when something horrible happens is how you're going to afford it. And that's why I am a firm believer in life insurance so that if something does happen, you're not passing those costs onto your kids or your family. Now, if you're asking yourself, how do I find affordable long-term coverage? How do I find affordable monthly that can protect my family from anything that happens? Well, the answer to that question would be ladder. Because if you wait longer, life insurance does cost more money. So when you set term coverage when you're young, you can get incredible coverage for a relatively low price. And Ladder is 100% digital. So no doctors, no needles, no paperwork. When you apply for $3 million or less, you can just do it online. Need a few minutes, phone, and a laptop to apply. Ladder's smart algorithms work in real time, so you'll find out if you're instantly approved. If you prefer to talk to somebody, they also do have a team of licensed agents. They don't work on commission, so they'll help you. They won't upsell you. There's no hidden fees. You can cancel at any time, and you can get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days. And ladder policies are issued by insurers with long proven histories of paying claims. They're all rated A and A plus by AM Best. So finally, Ladder is offering an option for people that want to protect their family that want to start getting behind life insurance at a younger age. So if you want to see if you're instantly approved, you can go to ladderlife.com slash success story. You'll see if you're instantly approved. That is ladder, L-A-D-D-E-R, life.com slash success story. That's ladderlife.com slash success story. Um, I want to, these are all really good, good marketing lessons. Um, I know that you speak about a lot of different things. Like when I was going on your Twitter before, you were speaking um, about your moonshot uh, that you had with uh, a particular disease. And I know you've also spoken about politics and I thought something about college sports as well. So 
I love the marketing. I love the marketing <laughs> stuff. But I yeah, just, I've been I'll, on. Listen, I've made twenty six appearances on ESPN. I I know. So my my, my, my question and more just yeah. like you you how do you decide as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as somebody who has been highly successful? Where do you decide to focus your energy? What's relevant and important for you now in your life? Because these are all great I'm an eight. Yeah, I mean, I'm all in on my my company. I know, that, but I mean, there's I'm other wanting. things that are also important to you, and I just want to understand, like, why do you put these things out into the world? Why is that important for you as somebody who is big on marketing and you speak about marketing a lot, but then you also go into these other topics? Talk politics. I'll talk yeah. health, and I'll talk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, sports, it's part uh, of it. It's part of who you are, and I'm curious why. Yeah, I, I'm an ADD kid. Let's go round back to that first question, and. I want to, if I find it fun and exciting and different, I'm yeah. kind of curious about it. Like in the last, since the pandemic, uh, I've become, I've become obsessed with hunting and now I'm hunting like crazy everywhere. And I'm 47 years old, never hunted before, but, um, you know, just got done with an elk hunt out in Colorado and uh, planning hunts for the next 10 years. And I'm taking, tons of classes and self-defense classes and gun classes. And I'm buying, um, you know, firearms right now because I want to learn that skill. I want to learn how to be a better shooter. I want to understand my gun. I want to understand where it comes from. I want to understand my scopes. Um, I just kind of get obsessed with things and then I put all my energies and then all of a sudden I go, Oh shit, there's a vulnerability. I, I, I guess I have a good, here's my one skill that I don't have many, but this is one. I, I typically, <laughs> when I go all in on things, I yeah. find the lane less traveled within them. And then I talk about them and that gets attention because people go, oh yeah, you're not talking about that. No one's talked about that before. So like the political guy that does corporate marketing, or um, I was on ESPN talking about how college players were going to get paid, but um, which is now what's happening in college football. But I actually saw this two and a half years ago and brought it to ESPN and they said, well, why don't you just come on and talk about it? And then I've been their form, their, their, you know, one of the experts on it. Uh, I have no background in that whatsoever. <laughs> I said, no one's, this is going to change everything for this sport and no one's talking about it. Um, and, you know, um, I just, for background of your listeners, I have what doctors say is an incurable esophageal disease. And so I went all in and decided as an entrepreneur, uh, I would find a cure to my disease in five years, even though the Mayo Clinic where I was being treated laughed at me when I suggested such a thing. And there's no research behind a cure to this disease that I have. And no one was doing much of anything. And then four years and nine months later, I hadn't cured my disease, but I'm the first person in human history that's ever improved their symptoms with the disease and that's never happened before it's a long story but uh i just kind of go all all in and i find the lane that no one goes on and then i do all the hard work which really sucks because i get excited and then i think it's going to be a lot easier than it is and then it isn't and then i'm committed (laughs) do you think no and i'll say like do you think i guess my my mind my my thought was when you constantly just take on these new things, do you think that just makes you that much more, I don't know, uh, just just more competitive in the in the things that you're already doing when you're forcing yourself to upskill all the time, learn new shit, just redo the thing again? Like not like major things. You're not starting a new agency. You're just going down a road, figuring stuff out. I can only imagine like there's some sort of psychological benefit. Yeah, I'll tell you what it is because here's another thing I've gone in on, on psychedelic drugs. uh, Really? For for therapeutic purposes. I've heard a lot about that. And and, um, uh, I've done MDMA. I've done MDMA with LSD and I've done it with a therapist. I've done one with my wife in the room with me with a blindfold on, laying on a sofa and you ultimately come to figure out you you basically peel the layers of your of your subconscious of all the things that drive you you know i now know that anytime i'm upset angry or frustrated that's all rooted back in the trauma of my own life and my own childhood and when you have when you allow yourself to say that it's not anybody else's fault it all comes back to me there's a responsibility there. And part of my trauma is the feeling, well, I mean, to be honest, the, the trauma that I've discovered and uncovered through all of the psychedelic work 
was just the feeling of mass rejection from my childhood. Massive rejection on every level, on every front, in every form you can imagine. It's also why I'm a really good entrepreneur because I dealt with so much rejection early in my life that rejection, it, and it, it bothers me subconsciously, but it doesn't bother me consciously, if that makes sense. Like I can have failure upon failure upon failure, and I'm not going to stop. I'm committed all the way through because I'm going to overcome that rejection of failure. But it's also my kryptonite too. It's where I you know, struggle the most. If I get frustrated or angry, it's because I felt rejected somehow. And I then lash out at someone else over that, you know? And so, and then you go, oh, fuck, it wasn't their problem. It wasn't their fault. Maybe they, you know, made a big mistake, but my reaction to that is rooted in my trauma. And so for me, I have, Scott, I don't, I'm not competitive at all. I'm like the least competitive person. I'm competitive with me. Mm -hmm. That's it. I have no competitive bone whatsoever. I can go play golf with my friends and they want to bet and they want to do all that stuff. I don't give two shits if I lose. Like it drives them nuts. It doesn't bother me. I don't care. I don't have any competitive bone with anybody else other than just me. I am the most competitive human being on earth in my world with myself. Which is all that really matters at the end of the day anyways. That's all you can yeah, actually Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's just kind of my wiring. Um when you when when you were like using uh, some of these like I don't know I guess just drugs like but you're using them to uncover different parts of of your your psyche and, and just be more self aware. Do you? Because I've also heard this as well, so I'm not sure if you've ever done this, but I hear that like microdosing for creativity is a very popular thing now. But I have no I have no experience with this, but I hear like CEOs do it and whatnot. So is that something that you've you found when you when you've tried these out or? You know, I had the choice to make. You know, what was best? Do I want to follow what everybody else is doing or want to, do I want to just take it one step at a time and do what's best for me? And I, I'm not opposed to microdosing, but for me right now, it's just not what I want to do. Mm. Um, some people I know do psychedelics with therapists once a month. Mm. I mean, massive amounts of MDMA or psilocybin, which is mushrooms or LSD uh, or, you know, uh, there's a host of other. I mean, there's like 30 different things you could try. Um, and I'm not that way. I usually do one session for five hours and then I spend, spend a year integrating it with a therapist, with a therapist, talk therapy and, and integrating everything I discovered in that session. It just takes me more time. I'm more methodical about it. And so for me, that's just my journey. What, what my journey is different than other people's. And the last thing I want to do is go, well, that guy did it this way. So I should do it this way. Like that I do. I've done that plenty in my life. And I'm trying to be more conscious of the fact that, no, I'm just going to listen to myself and, and follow my own path. I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, HubSpot. Now, you may have heard me speak about leveling up in the past, how we can level up our careers, our businesses, our customer experience. I wanted to take a minute and focus on that last one because when we level up our customers' experiences, we transform our customers into evangelists and help our business and our careers grow like crazy. With new features dedicated to helping your sales teams improve your customer experience, HubSpot is on a mission to help millions of companies grow better starting with yours. Conversation intelligence tools help your teams get real-time insights into calls with automatic recording, transcription, and call analysis. With more visibility into customer conversations, coaching, and customer feedback becomes that much easier. Easy share meeting links let customers see availability and book meetings for you all from the HubSpot platform. This cuts out endless cycles of scheduling email. Learn more about how you can transform your customer experience with a HubSpot CRM platform at HubSpot.com. Um, I want to ask a couple rapid fire. I always do at the end to close these out. But before we pivot, um, what's next for you? We were speaking just briefly before we started, like you're going to try and uh, ramp up, build your own brand. But really, what is next outside of just pushing stuff out onto social? There's probably a plan. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I own five different companies. Um, I'm running one of them right now. Um, I'd like to be in my own holding company and managing all of my companies from that point. And that, that's sort of the next, you know, two years where I'm, I'm moving towards. And also building my brand out a little bit more. Um, uh, and frankly, I have one, I have a nine-year-old. Um, 
and I'd like to spend more time with my family. I've got nine more years before my daughter goes off to college, and I want to be a better husband and father. And um, part of that is relinquishing that time I've put so much into my own businesses to make sure I have a more balanced lifestyle. Very good. Um, where do people find you? What's the best social website people can go reach out? Yeah, a couple different things. If you're, you can go to philipstutz.com. I'm sure you'll spell it properly in the, in the show notes. But if you're like curious on how we look at data for your own company, we do a free data assessment. Um, and it basically it's 30, free, 30 minute call with my team. They'll tell, they'll, you'll tell them like what your customer base is like. And they'll tell you how we're, you know, if we have how our data would match and look at that. And then you can decide if that's something you want to um, undergo and work with us on. But uh, I have my own podcast, the Undefeated Marketing Podcast, where we give free marketing tips and value out to business owners. Um, I also write every two weeks to my subscriber list. And that's again at philipstuds.com. Uh, for people listening, what's the type of company that you would work with? Is there a certain stage, certain revenue size, headcount, or is it? any category it's called committed versus interested all right that's good i like that good i like committed business okay. owners i mean we work with startup companies right now that don't have a ton of money but they're like look we're, we're in this thing to build this for 10 years and we need a partner to build us for 10 years what i don't want is a business owner that chases shiny objects until the next shiny object passes through by their eyes and they move on like i'm in i like working with committed business owners whether they're fortune 200 or whether they're startups or small businesses. Okay, very good. All right, let's do some rapid fire. Um, biggest challenge you've overcome in your personal and professional life? What was it? How'd you overcome it? Uh, being a horrible human being in person and utilizing therapy and psychedelics to, I mean, I was heading towards uh, broken businesses, broken marriage and broken family. Uh, eight years ago and um, working and I've never, I've not solved any problems, but I'm a thousand times further than I was and working every single day um, to be a better person. And ultimately, Scott, I know this is rapid fire. Uh, it's, all good. it's learning to love myself. Something I, I did not allow myself for at least 45 years to even think about. And the more I love myself, the better I am as a leader, the better I am as a husband and a father. And uh, learning to love myself is one of the hardest things I've ever <laughs> had to commit to. But just like everything else, I'm really all in on it right now. Amazing. And I'm proud of that. If you had to choose one person, obviously there's been many, but one person's had an incredible impact on your life. Who was it? What did they teach you? How did they help you? Well, that'd be my wife. I wouldn't even, I mean, there's a million people. And there are no self-made men or women. Right. Well, there's an army of people that have helped us along the way, but my wife wasn't going to stand and take, you know, the way I used to be. And she stood up and said, you know, you got to figure this out. And, um, uh, she's my greatest resource. Um, I, I want to kill her half the time <laughs> and she wants to kill me half the time, but the love and the bond that we have is beyond words. And I wouldn't be where I am today without her. Your favorite source to learn or grow, podcast, book, Audible, something you've checked out lately, somebody should go read or listen to. Uh, anything by James Altucher, if you know who James Altucher yeah. is. Uh, he wrote the forward to my new book. Uh, I've, uh, I'm, I think I'm the most, I've been on his show more than any other guest. I've been on about 11 times. Uh, but he's just the smartest, nicest, kindest person. And I learn everything. I learn something every time I listen to him. Uh, I think Jay Abraham who's a mentor of mine, um, is another great one. Tony Robbins, obviously, if you're starting on step one, I think Tony is probably the number one for starting at step one is the, the best there is. And then one last one, sorry. There's a guy that no one knows. He's not a big influencer. Go Google him, but he's the smartest business consultant coach that has ever lived. And the reason being is that he made $100 million, lost it all, and, and made it all back. And he teaches... Right now, what he teaches is not how to 10x your business, but how never to lose your any of your money. And his name's Keith Cunningham. And that's the greatest person I've ever worked with on the business side. Amazing. Okay. Um, if you could tell your 20-year-old self one thing, what would it be? Get ready. <laughs> got a hell of a journey out of you. <laughs> And no regrets. And you got a, you got a hard, uh, you know, uh, there's a great quote. I can't think of the guy who said it, uh, but it's a easy choices, hard life, 
hard choices, easy life. And um, I would, that's what I would tell that 20 year old. And last, I was looking up that quote. I, I, I know that quote too, but I can't remember. Jersey something. Like, Jersey Gregorek. Jersey Gregorek. I, I think it was in a TEDx. He said it. Anyway, that's good. Um, and last question. What does success mean to you? Um, balance and the love of my family. Amazing. That's all I got. That's cool. all I got, man. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it, each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn Jobs, and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show, 
Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay. And what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professional to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay.